0: The following audio is from Lifehouse Church. We hope you are blessed by this message and encourage you to connect with us on social media or lifehousechurch.org. Hey, what really matters? Curious if this pandemic has changed how you value what matters. It's changed how you view what is really important to you or reminded you of what matters most. And so I, I need all of you to help me out. I need all of you. Now I know some of you are gonna sit there and you're just gonna stare at your screen and you're gonna think I'm not talking to you. Look, I know you're there. I know you're sitting behind your screen and, and you're, not good, you're not ready to cooperate. So I need all of you right now. You're gonna jump on the comment section or you're gonna actually just participate in the room with those around you right now. So here's what I'm gonna have you do. I'm gonna have you practice real quick. If you're on the comment section, you're gonna throw up a raised hand emoji. And if you're with someone in the room, I want you just to raise your hand right now. Okay, go ahead, right now. I'm gonna wait. All right, very good. So now I know you can do this, so here's the deal. Uh, How many of you know somebody who is rich? All right, thank you. I can see all the hands going up. All right, I, I think there's at least many of you. How many of you want to be rich? Can I get two hands? I don't know if you could throw up two hands uh, in a comment section, but maybe so. Two hand hand raise. All right. Um, How many of you think that you would be better at being rich than a lot of the rich people that you see in the news? This is literally a conversation that Laura and I have at home. Laura said, I don't understand why God hasn't made us really rich. And so I'm going to joke around with you and I'm going to tell you what she actually says. She goes like this, Patrick, I would be a really good rich person. I, I'm frugal, we're really careful with our money. Um, I, I, I make sure that I don't overspend, I'm really cautious. You know, I wouldn't waste it, I would invest it. She goes, you must be the problem. You must be the reason we're not really rich. I said, well, we did say yes to God and going into ministry. (laughs) All right, but uh, Laura is pretty convinced that, uh, by the way, Laura, I know you're there and you raised your hand and you're literally thinking that, so I just thought I would say it. Um, But uh, I would imagine that a lot of you are shooting up your hand and you're saying, yeah. Now, out of curiosity, how many of you would raise your hand and say you are rich? Hmm, okay, so here's the deal. Uh, Gallup did a poll recently trying to find out uh, what it means for people to actually be rich. And so they asked people and what they discovered was this, that the view of how much you need in order to be rich is really based on how much you make and where you are presently in life. So let me, let me, it was like a legitimate study. They asked you how much you made and then how much you'd have to make in order to feel rich. And, and so uh, here's what they found. Uh, People that made around $30,000 a year said they needed to be making, seventy, on average, $74,000 a year to be rich. But then they they found that the people that fit into the group of about $50,000 a year needed to be making $100,000 a year to feel rich. Interestingly, in the study, what they also discovered is people that make well into uh, six figures and even have, uh, meaning these are like the top, that top uh, 1% kind of category, right? So people in the, making in the hundreds and hundreds of thousands, people who make even upwards of a, a million dollars, uh, what they needed to make in order to feel rich and kind of the broad average was they needed to have at least $5 million in assets. Here's the point, almost every one of them just uh, believed that they needed, they weren't sure how much they had to make in order to be rich, but it was definitely more than they currently had. And uh, they weren't sure what, what, the, what the rich line was, but they knew, they kind of had this idea of I'll know it when I get there. The challenge was um, that it, it's always further off, and, and so this is the deal, right? The, li- the rich line moves as your quality of life improves think about it the rich line moves as the quality of life improves I mean for every one of us you know what it means to be really rich right now I mean if you could go out to a restaurant and since none of us can I mean obviously only the rich can enjoy that you know and we don't even know who they are Uh, but it's funny how you know like when you were in college uh, anything that you could eat that was better than the ramen noodle soup made you rich I mean, anybody who could actually go out to eat was rich, and then, you know, you have a job, and you can actually go out to eat, maybe take your family out to eat, and suddenly a really nice vacation or a a new car, you would consider that luxury, that rich. And then you notice how the rich line keeps moving as your quality of life keeps improving. And so here here is the challenge. If you don't know what it means to be rich, then you're gonna keep trying to get rich and you might not become good at being rich and especially good at being rich in what matters most. As you can tell, I'm going somewhere with this, that maybe riches is more than just financial abundance. King Solomon wrote a, a book we were reading from Ecclesiastes through this series as we're talking about chasing carrots. And the reality is that if you don't feel rich, you're going to keep trying to get rich by chasing carrots. Maybe 12 carrots gold. <laughs> You guys didn't think that was very funny. All right, I don't know. I was trying to figure it out in my head. All right, here's the deal. So King Solomon, he wrote this book on Ecclesiastes, and he's tackling these really tough, hard questions in life. He's, he's wrestling with like some of the dark questions, like does life even have meaning? What's the point of life? Why do we even get out of bed in the morning? And he tackled this issue about wealth and riches and the rich and the poor. And so I'm going to jump into Ecclesiastes chapter 5 where he really tackles this issue. And um, here we go, Ecclesiastes chapter five, and starting in verse eight, where he writes this, if you see the poor oppressed in a district and justice and rights denied, do not be surprised at such things, for one official is eyed by a higher one, and over them both are others higher still. He goes, you know what goes on with oppression? One person is taking advantage of another. The more powerful take advantage of the weak. And there's always somebody higher with more power to oppress those. In, in essence, what he's saying is kind of like, you know, you had a bad day at work, so you come home and you yell at your spouse. Your spouse yells at the kids. The kids yell at each other, and eventually somebody kicks the dog who chases the cat, kills the mouse. I don't know why they swallow the fly. You know, that kind of a thing, okay. Um, it's way funnier on my side of the stage uh, than it is at, at home. I get it. But I am certainly entertaining myself. The increase from the land is taken by all. The king himself profits from the fields. And Solomon knows something about this. He's a king. So he, what he's saying is, I see all the oppression. I see how the powerful abuse the weak. And then those who uh, would consider themselves weak use the little power they have to abuse those who are even weaker. He goes, but then the king, he can do whatever he wants. He just takes what he wants. And uh, people take advantage. He goes, whoever loves money never has enough. Whoever loves wealth is never satisfied with their income. This too is meaningless. As goods increase, so do those who consume them. So he goes goes like this. If you're driven by wanting more, no matter what you get, it's never going to be enough. The rich line keeps moving, as your quality of life is improving. It will keep moving and you will never know, you will never feel rich, and when you, when you are rich, you won't know you're rich, and so you won't be good at being rich. And then he kind of wraps it up with this thought, as goods increase, so do those who consume it. The more you have, the more others want what you have, and will do whatever they can to get it. And what benefit are they to the owners except to feast their eyes on them? He goes, and by the time you finally have everything you want, you don't even have the strength, the energy, or the time to enjoy it. You're not good at being rich. Imagine two homes. One is very modest, but paid off. There's no debt. And that home is filled with very little furniture very little possessions, but filled with a lot of laughter and a lot of love. On the other hand, a home that is extravagant, filled with the best furniture, the nicest and latest fashions, the, the people living in that home have all the nicest clothes and the latest of the you know, fashions of dress, and, and yet they have their home mortgaged to the hilt. And as a result, their home is filled with arguments, mostly about money filled with hurt and anger, certainly not filled with laughter or love. Let me ask you, those two homes, which one is rich? And which one is good at being rich? Here's the reality, one is chasing carrots, gold carrots, 12 carrots, gold. Uh, The other is content. And so which are you and which do you wanna be? And would you like to have a little bit of financial breathing room? And how many of you would like a little less stress around money? Let me be very clear with you. The answer to having less stress around money and the answer to having financial breathing room is not actually to get more money. Remember, the rich line will keep moving as your quality of life is improving and you won't feel rich, and because you don't feel rich, you're gonna keep trying to get rich, chasing carrots, and you won't be good at being rich, especially in what matters most. No, the answer to creating, to being content, having financial breathing room and less stress around money is not getting more money. It's changing what you treasure. It's changing your values. It's changing what it means to be rich. Those two homes. Okay, so here's the deal. Because you and I are eager to keep chasing after carrots, it's really hard to change what we treasure because we've been told our whole life, this is what is worth chasing. This is what is valuable. This is what's per- worth pursuing. And it's not just difficult to change, it might even be impossible to change what you treasure. In fact, as the, as the author of Ecclesiastes, Solomon, continues to write, he makes that very point. He goes, you know why this is so difficult? Everyone comes naked from their mother's womb Everyone comes into the world naked, and as he comes, so he departs. They take nothing from their toil that they can carry in their hands. Hmm, what an interesting point. Basically, here's where he's going with this. You bring nothing into the world. You spend your whole life chasing carrots in order to try to get rich from the stuff of this world. You're going to leave this world with nothing. So he's getting at a point, he goes, the reality is there's nothing in this world that will actually satisfy you and make you feel rich. You brought nothing in, you're going to leave with nothing, which means there's nothing in this world that actually is going to satisfy you. You need something otherworldly. In fact, the apostle Paul answered this riddle. He makes the same statement, but he answers the riddle in his letter to the, to the his first letter to Timothy. It's literally in the Bible. In the New Testament, it's called 1 Timothy. He's writing to the pastor of a church in Ephesus, a city of wealth, a city of extravagance, a city where, in many ways, the rich took advantage of the poor and the powerful took advantage of the weak, a little bit like what Solomon was writing about 930 years earlier. He writes it this way, but godliness with contentment—this is 1 Timothy chapter 6, verse 6 and 7— but godliness with contentment is great, great, great gain, for we brought nothing into the world, and we could take nothing out of it. So he states the same problem. He goes, look, you were born naked, you're going to leave naked, you brought nothing in, and you're going to leave with nothing. So the answer is that being content through godliness is what it means to truly gain and be rich and have meaningful treasures. You get it? This is the key. And so he's saying there is something otherworldly about being rich. But he and then he presents the problem. So why don't we live with godliness that leads to contentment? Well, he goes, "Okay, here's the problem in verse 9. Those who want to get rich, they're chasing carrots, fall into temptation and a trap." and into many foolish and harmful desires that plunge people into ruin and destruction." He goes like this. Because people want to get rich, they're chasing carrots. Imagine the carrot connected to a hook. I actually did this little game. I put a carrots on a fishing pole. It had a, you know, it had a hook on it. Now I made sure the hook wasn't going to hurt my kids. And I was throwing it, right? And the point is that's very much what chasing riches is like. It's, it's connected to a lure with a hook, and that's what that's what the Apostle Paul is saying. He goes, and so we go chasing carrots, driven by desires that cause us to run after them, and when we take hold of them, they snag us, and then they set into us, and they pull us into ruin and destruction. They wreck our lives. For the love of money, Remember, it's not money that's the root of all evil. It's the love of money is the root of all kinds of evil. Some people, eager for money, have wandered from the faith and pierced themselves with many griefs. You go, so here, here's the challenge. We go chasing after carrots. The hook sets, drags us to our ruin. This is why it is impossible to change what we treasure because you and I have spent our life chasing carrots that have hooked us and then dragged us to a ruin. And so our problem is not financial and our problem isn't even our desires. It is that we are spiritually in debt and spiritually bankrupt. We've been dragged to our own ruin, spiritual ruin. Because of sin. Sin is a spiritual bankruptcy. You and I have sinned ourselves into a spiritual debt that we can never recover from. You think the national debt is really bad? And you think that if we just keep throwing money at the situation, that's bad. You and I have a spiritual debt that far outweighs our national debt. And so God did not leave us hooked and snared, being dragged to our ruin. He intervened in this crisis by becoming one of us. Jesus Christ enters our world. He takes on our debt on the cross, a debt that would cost us a forever judgment. And so Jesus dies on the cross. He pays for our debt through his death. His death, the payment for all that we owe because of sin. And when Jesus died, He died once for all, paying off our forever debt, absorbing our uh, eternal death sentence. But Jesus didn't just die, He rose from the dead, and in His resurrection, He not only pays off our debt, but then He deposits into our life and into forever life a payment that you could never exhaust. And when you believe in Jesus by faith, you are not just forgiven of your sins and your debt removed and your bankruptcy forgiven, but you are now given the deposit of God's grace into your life so that you could never ever be poor. So that no matter what you ever lose, you will never lose connection with God. You will never lose the love of God. You will never lose the compassion of God. You will never outrun the grace of God. God has deposited through Jesus' death and his resurrection a great payment into your life that you will never spend. And so you're going to spend your whole life living in the lavish love of God's goodness, his grace, and his generosity. That is worth celebrating. In fact, I need to just pause and maybe you need to put a clapping emoji in, your, in that comment section or in your home. Man, you just clap and say, God, thank you. And then I want you to say this. Say this with me. Say, I am rich. Go ahead. I am am rich through faith in Jesus Christ. You might be in poverty right now, I get it. Some of you have lost your jobs, you've lost businesses, you've lost loved ones, you've lost what you used to say, this matters so much. And yet through faith in Jesus Christ, you are not spiritually bankrupt. You have been forgiven and given new life and you've been lavished with the riches of God's goodness and his grace. And so you can join me and say, I am rich through faith in Jesus Christ. By the way, if you want, that right now maybe you don't feel rich because you've been the rich line keeps moving as your quality of life is improving and you're spending your life chasing carrots and so for you you're ready to say yes to Jesus would you join me and say yes to Jesus? If you're making that commitment, you can let us know. Text Jesus to 41411. We also wanna do something really special with you. For every one of you that are saying yes to Jesus, we wanna invite you to get baptized. That means you're gonna get, get dunked in water, but we're gonna do this different right now because we're in the middle of this pandemic. And even though we can see light at the end of the tunnel, we don't want you to wait to get baptized. And so for every one of you, if you have not been baptized since you you said yes to Jesus, and that might be many of you, we have a special way that we're gonna invite you to get baptized, it's gonna be kind of a virtual baptism. You're gonna get baptized, you're gonna share that with us and we're gonna celebrate it together. So when you text Jesus to 41411, we're gonna follow up with you if you're making that decision today, or if you want to be baptized text jesus to 41411 and we're believing that many of you are going to celebrate baptism as a statement of your new life you you go into the water an old person and you come out you go into it bankrupt you come out of it rich you go into it dead you come out of it alive in Jesus Christ now i still have to talk about what it means to change your treasure so let me shift over back to 1 Timothy chapter 6 and now let me give you some practical steps on what it looks like to live by changing your treasure. And so how do we do this? Well, let, let's jump into 1 Timothy chapter 6, verse 17. He goes, command those who are rich. In this present world, maybe you don't feel rich because you've been comparing yourself with those who have more. You suddenly start to feel very rich when you compare yourself with those that have so much less. So, He is speaking to you right now. He's saying not to be arrogant or to put their hope in wealth. Don't put your hope in a job. Don't put your hope in your career. Don't put your hope in your savings. Don't put your hope, why? Because it's all going to quickly vanish. It can change in an instant, right? You're all with me on this. No, he goes, which is so uncertain but to put their hope in God who richly provides us with everything for our enjoyment. Okay, so I'm going to give you a couple quick ideas on how you and I can change what we treasure. The first is this. I want to invite you to live simply. Live simply. Living simply means that we simplify how we spend. It means this. Not only do you spend less than you make, right? So this is the common phrase of live within your means get out of debt. If you're in debt, you need to start paying off that debt so you can get out of debt. So don't spend more than you have. But also, can I encourage you, living simply means don't spend what you have. You don't need everything you want, and you don't need everything you're trying to get. Why? Because you're trying to get stuff because you believe that if you get more, you are more. And if you have more, you are worth more but when you are, when you discover that you are rich in Jesus Christ you know now you no longer believe that if you have more you are more you know that you have everything that you need through faith in Jesus Christ and what you have is more than enough so the challenge is not getting more so you can feel like more but enjoying what God has already given you so begin to simplify your living ask do i need everything i have and do i need everything I'm trying to get, maybe the challenge is looking around and saying, how can I simplify my living so that I can stop spending so much trying to feel rich because I already am rich? Okay, he continues, "Command them," uh, he says, command them to do good, to be rich in good deeds. That's what it means to be rich and to be generous and willing to share. In this way, they will lay up treasures for themselves as a firm foundation for the coming age so that they may take hold of life that is truly life. You want the kind of life that is true life? Don't try to get what you can get in this world. Don't store up what will only last temporarily and then be gone. No, you you want to be truly rich? You, you wanna know that this life matters? Then store up treasure that will last forever by giving, not getting. You know what the antidote to getting is? Giving. You know what the antidote to greed is? Generosity. The response to materialism is living on less to give more. Can you make a note of that? Live on less to give more. It means that I could spend more, but I choose to give more. Let me promise you, God will not give you more so that you can have more. God will give you more so that you can give more. And if you can't be trusted to give more, you're going to be greedy with it. Then God might have to withhold his generosity in that area of your life because you can't be trusted with his generosity to be a reflection of that generosity. And so make sure that your treasures are being stored up in eternity, not in this life. Why? Because you may have a retirement account that will last in this this lifetime. But when it's out done and your life is done, there's nothing left. I want to make sure that my treasure and my riches last forever. I want to gain dividends that last forever in eternity, and the only way that's going to happen is if I invest my life and invest my livelihood in what lasts forever, how? We talk about tithing, setting aside 10% of my income to God through the local church We talk about Kingdom Builders. This isn't a sales pitch. I passionately believe in giving to the church and giving through the church and Kingdom Builders because I've never seen an organization or anything else on earth that makes more of a difference and has a greater impact than the local church. I believe in the church. I believe in Lifehouse. I am seeing the greatest of the church during this season. And I think you are too. Why would I not wanna invest in what matters forever? There's one more part of this that I wanna make sure you don't miss. Not only do we live on less to give more, but in Ecclesiastes chapter five, verse 19, he repeats something that um, the apostle Paul wrote. He goes like this. The apostle Paul is writing, he goes, God is richly providing for you everything you need for your enjoyment. In Ecclesiastes five, verse 19, he says this. Moreover, when God gives someone wealth and possessions and the ability to enjoy them, to accept their lot and be happy in their toil, this is a gift of God. You know what the key is? He's talking about the gift of God being this, focus on making memories, not money. Life is about stories, not stuff. You wanna be rich? Make, create rich stories. Don't have a bunch of rich stuff. It's about memories and moments, not money and material possessions. If you focus on making memories with the people that matter most in your life, you will be living a rich life regardless of how much financial riches you have. So focus on making memories, not money. So let me challenge you now. I I wanna end with this. I I just wanna pray a blessing over you. I know that you've had a tough go at it for two and a half months. Some of you, you, you feel like you're gonna lose everything. Your business is struggling you, you might you're not even sure if you have a business left. Some of you, your job has been in peril. Your finances have been in peril. And so here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to pray blessing over you. We are not a church that just believes that you can kind of just, you know, believe that if you believe in God, you're going to be rich financially. No, you might have very little, but I can promise you this. You are rich through faith in Jesus Christ. God is lavishing his love on you. And God is inviting us to be rich and live rich in good deeds. And so I'm going to pray over you. I'm praying for God's blessing over your life. I'm praying for the riches of God in your life. I'm praying for the favor of God in your life, but not just in your life, in your children's life and in your grandchildren's life. And so I'm going to pray that and I'm going to believe that for you. I'm going to pray for those of you, you're willing to be generous. I'm praying for your business to prosper. I'm praying for your job to, to, for it to grow and for you to get promotions. Not because I believe that we can just ask more from God, but I believe that God wants to give to those who are going to be generous and give to him. Let me pray over you. Heavenly Father, thank you that you have been so generous with us. You have been so good to us. You demonstrated your love in this way. You gave your son in sacrificial death when we were of no use whatsoever to you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And if you never gave us another thing, you've been generous to us. So we're not asking for more. We're making a commitment that if and when you give us more, we'll give more. But with what we have, we're going to be generous. With what we have right now, it's more than enough. And we're going to bless others. We're going to bless you. And we're going to thank you. So, God, we celebrate you. We worship you. We love you. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening to audio from Lifehouse Church. We believe that through Christ... Life change happens here, so we invite you to connect with us further by visiting lifehousechurch.org.